1: So, we want to welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast, brought to you by Honor Whiskey and featuring Honor Whiskey. Go to honorwhiskey.com It's that premium American whiskey, honorwhiskey.com. Welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. A special guest tonight, former Notre Dame shooting guard, Rex Pfluger. Welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. How you doing,
2: Rex? I'm doing good, man. appreciate the nice, warm introduction, man. You've been doing a great job. I've been watching since the beginning. I just want to give you your props. I appreciate that. We
1: like to have fun and spend it different, and we're going to do that tonight. So let me tell you our connection. You might not know this. So I spent time working at ESPN for six years, and my first job when I got there was to produce the Notre Dame basketball games. So my direct, my indirect boss at Notre Dame was the greatest engineer I've ever known. His name is Bob Henning. Shout out to Bob Henning. And of course, I worked with Jack Nolan, of course, who was always on the play-by-play. And then you had a multitude of uh, guys that would do the color with him during the season. And it was funny because during the breaks will be the best conversations, and mm-hmm. I swear, like every time we went to commercial break, and Jack would be talking either to Bob or the color guy, they were always talking like, "Oh my God, I hope Rex is okay." Uh oh, Rex is limping again. Oh, Rex is grabbing this. Rex is grabbing that. <laughs> it was like, "Oh my Rex, man, look, you were," and let me pay you this ultimate compliment the term warrior when it comes to an athlete and laying it all on the line student athlete and giving everything to the program my friend you are the truest definition of that that i've ever witnessed especially working and producing those notre dame basketball games man i truly enjoyed hearing your work being painted on the canvas Notre Dame basketball by Jack Nolan, man. I I really
2: appreciate everything you gave to the program. Man, you're about to make me tear up right now. I appreciate that. Sometimes when you do that stuff, you think it goes unnoticed, but then when you hear from behind the scenes, when people actually appreciate what you're going through, what you're pushing through, it means the world to you because people forget that athletes are humans too when we're out there, when we're trying to give it our all every single day. Sometimes people just see a Jersey and then maybe they see something that they're betting on, or they just see something that they hope what would happen, but they don't really think about what happens in the day to day, what sacrifices that these people make every single day to play. Because when you bring that up, my mind instantly just went back to that too, which I haven't thought about in a while. Whereas, you know, I was, I was, my dad raised me to be a way where if I can play, I can play. It yeah. doesn't matter how injured, like, because there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. So if I was, I was, injured and I literally just couldn't get up and down the court, then, yeah, I would sit on not play. But if I had any ability to at least play 75%, 80%, and I know I could produce for my team and do what I can to help our team win, I was going to be out there. So during that time when I was out there, sometimes people would be like, why is Rex playing so bad? Why is he looking slow and all that? And I would hear all that critique, but that didn't matter to me. What really mattered was that I was out there doing what I could to help my team win because I knew I needed to be out there in certain scenarios, especially against certain teams where it's like money will be fine. But this game means the most to me right now because I'm trying to live in the present. And even though you know, ultimately, in the end of my career, my knee never really fully recovered to where it was. I don't regret putting my putting well myself out there every single day to be able to help and compete with my brothers every single day. So no regrets.
1: Can I tell you my favorite game of yours from producing mm-hmm. Notre Dame basketball? And most people would think I'm going to show the video. Of what most people would think it is. But this is mine. Yo, the performance you put on when you went back home and played UCLA at Pauly as a Cali kid. Because I know growing up in the shadows of Pauly Pavilion out in California, every kid has to be in love with John Wooden, UCLA, the, the legacy, the stories. And you went out there. You were hurt that night. It was a question of whether or not you weren't even gonna play pregame. And mm-hmm. the way you went out and the effort you put up and you guys came up just a little bit short, but you had a fantastic that's my favorite Rex Fluga game of all time.
2: I appreciate that. That game sticks out to me for so many different reasons. Obviously, I'll try to keep this as concise as I can, but I remember when I was getting recruited by Martin Inglesby, who's now the head coach over at Delaware, Delaware. for the Blue yeah. Hands. Congratulations congratulations to him. They just made the NCAA tournament. Love that guy. And he's doing great things with that program. But they promised me they would give me a West Coast game if I came out to Notre Dame. And you know, you're going freshman year, sophomore year. You're like, am I actually going to get this? Or is this, you know, fugazi, fugazi? And then all of a sudden, when he came into my senior year, like, yeah, we're going to play at UCLA. So right there. And then I was like, this is going to be amazing. I think I had like 180 to 100 people there for that game and everything super special obviously came up short i was I like i appreciate you giving me the compliment i'm happy that i played well i shot well but you know at the end of the day we didn't get that win so it hurts the most but that was actually the day too after i'm a very open book by the way okay. that my mom my mom uh had her seizure where we figured out that she had brain cancer too it was the night after that and so that game it it t- taught me a lot of lessons because after the game i remember i was crying in the shower because i was upset that we didn't win just the competitor spit or the competitive spirit in myself but once i heard that thing about my mom i was just like nothing else matters right and it puts everything in perspective even though this is a dream game for me going to notre dame being from orange county close to ucla being close to that program understanding everything about it But then at the end of the day, even though I was so upset about the outcome of the game, none of that really mattered. The number one thing that mattered in life is the people that you're closest to. And, you know, obviously your mom. So I just want to spread some of my two cents with that one.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: The reason I said it's my favorite game, because you had a lot. Look, you impacted every game you played somehow, some way. If you weren't shooting the ball well, you had a steal. You were defending the, the best score on the team. You did whatever you had to do to impact your team and get a W on that particular night. But it was something special. And I think, as I said before, Jack Nolan did a fantastic job that night because he built up I, – man, I wish – you could ask Notre Dame for, like, the audio of it so you could hear it. The pregame was so dope because it was almost like the fact you walked onto the court, was. Like, he made it sound like a Willis Reed moment. <laughs> like, Rex's Rex's leg is, like, dangling. He can barely walk, but he's going to give it everything he has because that's what Rex Pfluger has meant to this Notre Dame program. It was just he painted this canvas. You're in this historic historic venue. You're a California kid, and then you go out and do what you do. And it was like a perfect script. But like you said, it would have been perfect if you had gotten a W. In my opinion, a couple of bad calls down the stretch. A couple? A couple. I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. A couple. (laughs) Because you guys, in my opinion, you thoroughly outplayed them. You deserved to win that game. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you didn't. But once again. For me, that was my favorite Rex Fluger game. Now, to most Notre Dame fans, this is what they might remember the most. Rex, that had to be the loneliest feeling in the world, bro. Because I want to ask you what made you just take off like you did while everybody was kind of watching TJ and the other Syracuse player. But, like, when you get that offensive rebound, it had to be, like, in slow motion. It had to be.
2: It it actually was in slow motion. Uh, It's funny because I remember exactly when I was in the air when I caught the ball. and almost felt kind of dreamlike in a way where it was so comfortable. And when you ask, why did I run after that? It's like that's always just been kind of me, you know, kind of intrinsic inside of myself is that I'm always going to try to make one of those plays. Like I don't care if that was the last play of the game. I would have done that five minutes into the game. I would have done that right before halftime when I'm playing in a game it's just that other people maybe aren't thinking that same way or maybe they think it's over or
0: I don't know I don't
2: know what was going through all those people's heads because I've watched that play a few times and I'm just like why the hell aren't you running back right now (laughs) I even asked that about some of my teammates I'm like this is the end of the game like we need this bucket like what are you guys doing (laughs) right right but when I was in slow motion I just remember I was like I had it and I was going up to shoot it and Sometimes when you're shooting floaters, it can feel a little iffy being off balance. But for some reason, I like you saw how I just fell on the ground. And because all my focus is on make sure this ball goes in that basket. right? Make sure I don't miss this. And that so like been when been I floated. shot it, oh, and especially having that opportunity. And that game was crazy, too, because that was, I believe, my junior year. Yeah, and we, and we won the Maui Invitational, and we were all hyped up. You know, we, we, we got to number five in the country. And then we had that one tough game against Michigan State, and then that's when the snowball hit and started, and then all the injuries started coming in with Bonte Colson getting injured, Matt Farrell getting injured, two of our starters. And then, and so we went into that game not playing with them. So they were back at Notre Dame getting their rehab, and so we were playing without them. so we, we had a chip on our shoulder because everyone written, written us off already. They were just like, nah, they're not going to win. They don't have their two leading scorers. They're senior captains. They're not going to win. But then in our minds, we're like, no, we can do this. This is what we do. We play against these guys every single day. So why shouldn't it be our turn to go up and try to hold them up? Well, while they're always holding us up, this is our turn. And I remember TJ Gibbs had an amazing game, that game as well. Everyone contributed as well. I remember my boy, my classmate Elijah Burns came in, gave us some great minutes. And it was just such a complete team game that 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 was one of my favorite games. And I remember FaceTiming, we we all FaceTiming the boys back back in South Bend, the seniors, you know, going crazy in the in the yeah. locker room. But even though I got the tip at the end of the game with the putback, you know, that was such a collective effort to win that game. That definitely stands out as one of my favorite games, especially in big play.
1: So let's go back to 2015. Your top five, Cal, Notre Dame, San Diego State, Texas A&M, and Washington State. How in the world did you end up in South Bend?
2: You know what? I don't think I've ever – told this story kind of like publicly but i'll tell it now because you know i'm removed from basketball but originally i like throughout my entire kind of from eighth grade on to like my junior year i always thought i was going to go to stanford uh i had close communications with uh the head coach at the time johnny dawkins and everybody there and Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was a perfect fit it was just kind of one of their processes where they were waiting into the very end to offer because they wanted to make sure we were able to get into the school after we took our SATs, ACTs, whatever you took. And so I kind of just pushed away. A lot of my other offers didn't really look at them. I was like, in my mind, I'm going to Stanford. But then all of a sudden, uh, sta- I just remember one day I was on the road. I might've been at Peach Jam or something. I think out in Georgia for the EYBO and or South Carolina, I don't even remember where it is. But I remember seeing a shooting guard committed to Stanford, and I was like, "Wait, what? What do you mean a shooting guard just committed there?" And then, like, I'm not gonna go too deep into it because there are some behind the scenes things. Maybe we can chat about it after. Okay. But I saw a shooting guard commit. I was like, "What? What the hell?" I thought I was. You've been telling me I'm your guy for the past four years, and now all of a sudden you commit a shooting guard without even talking to me about it. And they're like, "Oh no, don't worry about it. Like, you're still gonna, you know, have a better opportunity and be able to go and play and everything." I was like, "Nah." even though I might be a high school, I might be a kid, but I understand where disrespect is put. So right. I saw that and I kind of, I kind of opened up my recruiting. I went to my uh, legendary head basketball coach at modern day high school, coach McKnight. I was like, Hey, I know I still got a few offers laying around. Let me see where else I can look at. This was like summer of my junior year where I wasn't really responding to a lot of people because I was like, I'm going to Stanford. And then, he, he put my name back out there. And then each of those schools all had like a different reason for why I wanted to go there. So San Diego State, they were kind of like Stanford at the same time where they were recruiting me. Uh, Fisher was recruiting me since I was in middle school and I always loved it. It's close to home, amazing basketball program. And so they were, they were my number two, to be honest. Uh, was Washington like the State. Coles. That
1: was like huh? you were coming in right on the tail end of Kawhi, right?
2: Yeah, so yeah. so like a couple years after or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Washington State was because they were they were saying they were going to put me on the Clay Thompson plan. I was like, that okay. sounds kind of nice. I like that. They said thirty shots as a freshman. That could be cool. And then Cal, they they were always uh, Kwanzaa Martin was there at that time. Really enjoyed their staff. Really great academic school as well in California. Pac-12. So I was like, I'll be able to see my family coming down and everything, even though it was kind of far, but get a play down south and see him, And then Texas A&M is actually where my dad went. And so, and they were just, and I forgot who they got as their head coach at that time, but they had an amazing recruiting class as well. So I could definitely see myself gelling with them. But man, I took that official visit to Notre Dame and then kind of like the book wrote itself when I went there the first time, just getting that overall feeling that you get when you walk into the campus. I just went to campus this past weekend, actually for the first time since I graduated. And it was just such a special place, man. I even teared up when I went back. I was like, this place, because when I went back too, it's like super emotional for the fact that that's a place where, first of all, gave five of my years maturing, becoming a human or becoming a man at this university and trusting them with that. But then that was also the place where at the same time, I lost my mother during that process. So that was kind of like, when I went back there, I get that feeling of nostalgia when it comes to thinking about her, I think about my time there and how she always pushed me to work and go there and make sure that I just do what's best for me, just showing how selfless of a person she is. And so it just kind of all caught up to me when I went back. And it's crazy to say, but I almost had that feeling when I stepped onto the campus my first time for the Michigan uh, Notre Dame football game for my recruiting visit.
1: Wow, you were at that game.
2: Yeah, that 30-0 smacking.
1: Oh mm-hmm. man, I can't wait to get to get that was a smackdown that game. We're talking to Rex Fluke <laughs> right here, former Notre Dame shooting guard. We're brought to you by Nora Whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com, that premium American Whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com. Okay, let's talk about it. Your favorite game that you attended. Was it that game on your trip? Michigan Notre Dame game, or was there another one where you're like, Yo, I'll never forget being at that game?
2: It, that's a tough question because that is up there, but it's like I, I was so spoiled as a football fan to be there during the times I was, and even still now, I feel like every season that we had, we had over 10 wins, and so right. we were consistently good, almost expecting to win every game. But I gotta say, like, one of my favorite times is when I brought my brother, Devin Fluger, who was a he went to USC. I brought him to the USC game. And for basketball, we sit right at right at the right behind the end zone, right next to the yeah. tunnel when they run out. We're right over here to the right. Yeah. And I brought him down with me. And I, I think it might have been my sophomore year. And I think we just smacked him, just just crushed him. And I just love looking at his face, just watching every time we scored a touchdown. And the I, I have a lot of a lot of people probably hate me for saying this, but I do have a lot of love for USC. They were my first college basketball offer. Uh, my brother went there. I used to visit him all the time there. I really enjoyed the school. So, what, like? But the satisfaction that from a brother rival rivalry, just watching him, just like he was just so happy to be there and witness the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But just watching his Trojans just get crushed, I probably say it's my favorite game.
1: We share the same sentiment. I have to tell L.L. Nation all the time to take it easy on me, Rex, because my <laughs> hard-earned money goes to USC for tuition. So
2: mm, mm, you gotta like him.
1: <laughs> you have to. like But him. I still refuse to wear any apparel.
2: Mm-mm, I refuse. I don't do that. Yeah, I refuse. No, My no. daughter
1: has tried to talk Mm-mm. me into it. She's purchased things and brought it home for the holidays, and I'm like, nope.
2: I will Mm-mm. never do it. Never. Mm-mm.
1: Now, am I a bad? Dad? Maybe
2: as a maybe as a Halloween costume though, because I'm trying to do something funny. But. That's what <laughs> That's a good one. I might do that. I might do that. that you, let me know
1: if I'm a bad dad, Rex. Because no. this year, this year, I, I let her have it. I let her have it. Now she, you know, I purchased tickets for her. She has great mm-hmm. seats, by the way, in the student section. Great seats. Mm-hmm. She's like row five. Great seats. And it's so funny because they want to roll early. And she's like talking trash, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm coming home. We're going to South Bend for the game. I was like, sweetie, I don't think you want to do that. Uh, I don't think you want to do that yet. You guys are not ready. And they played Stanford at home, I think in week four. She texts me during the warm-ups and says, these Stanford guys are so big. And I'm like, yeah. And by the end of the game, I think Stanford ran for like 360 yards on the ground. I think their running backs are still running through the Coliseum somewhere. <laughs> and she was like, oh, they weren't good. I said, yeah, it's going to get worse. And, of course, their season spiraled out of control. So, mm-hmm. this year, I'm definitely coming out there the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh,
2: well, we're, we're going to have that. to link up for that, too. Let's do it. We'll throw, Let little, no, we'll throw a little Notre Dame detail game in the middle of everything, too. Let no them No doubt. Because <laughs> in my mind,
1: we're going to have the college football playoff on the line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Lincoln Riley's going to make it a big deal. And we're going to smack him again. You know, I'll give Lincoln just Riley. Just another
2: day in the office.
1: Yes, yeah, just the normal normal way we do. But I, I, I give them credit. Big move by Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Great move. And uh, in two years, they might actually be a rival again. I'll
2: give him two years. I agree with that. Let Lincoln be able to do his recruiting, you know, kind yeah. of like that Andy Enfield kind of game plan where yeah. Andy's first couple of years weren't the best, but now USC's basketball program's taken off. And I think he just signed an extension through 27 28 now. So, yeah. Congratulations yeah. to him. He's doing a great job at that program. I Just got an
1: extension. Um, my daughter actually in Vegas for the tournament this weekend. Ooh, that's awesome! And uh, I think Boogie is like, you know, she knows a couple of the players. She has this crush on Peterson. Oh
2: my god! Let I don't you know, know USC basketball that. I was gonna say all I know is I think yeah. his name's Harry. No, I should know his name is Harrison Horny. Is it or something like that? yeah he went to, he went Mar today did he yeah he went to my now, school so I...
1: why is it that's can we jump over the? what is it about usc football and modern day football it's almost like a direct pipeline like kids from modern day don't look anywhere else it's just like i'm from the time they walk through the doors of modern day it's made up in their minds that they're going to play at usc
2: I got to be honest, modern day is – the way that the schools kind of structured, it almost is very similar to okay. USC in the sense. Okay. And then it's just such an easy commute when it comes to that. So for recruiting purposes, super easy to get down there and get there. But, yeah. you know, to go play devil's advocate, what about Bryce Young? What about Equinia St. Brown? Those two okay. guys, Notre Dame, Alabama, and well, I Bryce- think modern day guys are- –
1: Rice was a commit to he USC.
2: Was, he was.
1: He was. He, was, he was. Yeah. So <laughs> he was but you're right. We did get EQ. We mm-hmm. couldn't get his little brother, though. We couldn't get his little brother, but we did get
2: EQ. Yeah, I still think that's great. Obviously, we got a mind that would have been amazing, too. But EQ came into the same class as mine. He's a good friend of mine. And hopefully, that he can get some ball, some more balls onto him this year.
1: So I was just talking before you came on and just talking about notre dame athletics at this point i don't know if the baseball team basketball team and football team have been as aligned as they are as far as successful seasons notre dame literally was two innings away from going to the college world series and they gave the series away to mississippi state notre dame two college football playoffs You can book 10 wins every year, even though Brian Kelly's gone. Look for Marcus Freeman to continue the trend. They already have the number one recruiting class for the cycle of 2023. And then, look, I'll be honest. Like I said, I used to hear certain things during timeouts, pregame and postgame, producing Notre Dame basketball games. A lot of people were throwing dirt on your head coach a couple of years ago like a lot of people and they were thinking like Mike Brake was done what an incredible job he's done reestablishing this program and getting it back to the NCAA tournament and he has a McDonald's All-American coming in next year as well so just talk about the job that your head coach has done and that you get a chance to talk to the team and him when you went back this past
2: weekend yeah, Mike Bray is, I got to call him coach, but I got to make sure I always say that respect. Any former coach always deserves the title coach, but coach yeah. Bray, man, he's one, He's a very special person. He's an unbelievable coach. And when people are throwing, this kind of goes back to the idea that I was talking about myself when I'm playing injured. He's a he's a head coach. It's not like he's playing out there, but he's also yeah. trying to manage a team full of injured players. And then he's also trying to figure out what's the next step. Does he make, need to make these big changes? He knows he has these expectations on him. So when people throw dirt on his name, they're not really taking the time to look at it from his perspective and seeing what the cards – he was dealt. Right. And so now that he has a fully healthy team, he has that team that he's always kind of tried to line up throughout his tenure at Notre Dame, but is get them in early, get get these seniors right, get their mentals correct, put them in certain games where they can prepare for prepare them for when they get into these crucial games when it's when they're seniors to be able to lead the freshmen and now that is a full healthy team and then shout out to Blake Wesley and Paul Atkinson they're both playing amazing both first year guys in Notre Dame Paul being a fifth year senior and then Blake obviously being a freshman potential lottery pick but it's like that core group of guys too that is truly the glue to everything which is like Nate Leschewski, Dane Goodwin, Cormac Ryan and even the voices coming off the bench, man, its the team is a well-oiled machine right now. I was so impressed when I was out there. And it, it just made me so happy to see the team in this position, given all the crap that we've gone through in the past few years, you know, people writing us off, people throwing that dirt on our face, and then being able to come out there and just smack people by 20 this year has been something awesome to watch.
1: Man, absolutely. But I do have to share some blame with you because I blame Malik I blame Amir Carlisle and every football player that claimed they used to shoot around with Jaden Ivey when he was a kid. Cause I'm like, how in the world did you have this kid shooting buckets at Notre Dame as a kid and let him go to Purdue? How in the world does that happen? How in the world does that happen?
2: Well, I think he just wanted to write a different story, you know, because a lot of people try to put him in the same bucket as Demetrius Jackson because they're close friends. You know, Demetrius is one of my teammates when I was a freshman, who I love. I got to see him this past week or two. Shout out to Demetrius. Uh, So when he was coming up and then obviously having his mom being an assistant basketball coach for Notre Dame as well at the time, who's now the head coach, she, like, he was, he was put into kind of that perspective is this is what you have to do. And I remember watching this kid when I was there as a freshman. He would be shooting in our pit, which is just this little gym that we have part of our basketball facility. And he'd be in there in all hours of the night. Cause I used to go in there late at night too. And I would see him then just putting in his work, keeping his head down, nobody there listening to the music. And then all he's doing is hooping. And I remember watching it and I was like, This kid's gonna be special. But you never know, obviously. You can just say certain things at a time, but right. now he's proving He's out there at Purdue. Now he I think he's a is he a naismith? Finalist, getting yeah. all these All-American accolades as a sophomore. And I, I remember looking at him when I was a freshman, I was like, that kid's going to be special. And it's pretty—it's amazing to me to see him doing it, too. And even though he's 574 and he didn't go to Notre Dame, I still give him all the love in the world and wish him the best. Yeah, I, Malik always says we made him,
1: even though he didn't <laughs> yeah, exactly, he we made him. And so <laughs> I guess that is something to feel good about. That is something to feel good about.
2: Notre Dame, we, I, I can I can agree with that statement. We did we helped
1: out. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. It would've been great to have him and Blake Wesley on the same squad. Would've been, that would've oh, been man.
2: dangerous. Oh, dangerous.
1: Do you think Blake? Of, I just I, I'm being selfish because I know the way the NBA looks at talent and they project. I know he would be a lottery pick more than likely. But the selfish part of me just wants to say, kid, I, I promise you, it's not going anywhere. Like, you could be a top 10 pick next year. Just come back, mm-hmm. and you'll be so much better for the experience. You'll be so mm-hmm. much better for it.
2: No, I, I agree in a lot of the parts of that statement. You know, I was talking to him. First of all, he has an amazing family, so I know he's in good hands. I was talking to his parents this past weekend. unbelievable people. Shout out to them. But – exactly right it's like he has those two options but i think well now that in college basketball you have the ability to go and test the waters at least right get that right. Pr- kind of somewhat pro experience to be able to go out there and see hey what are these nba scouts saying about me what do i need to work on am i ready am i able to do this and i fully like as much as i want him to stay and help us hope i think we're gonna, I, I, man i want us to win the national championship this year but if he comes back phew, be special yeah. but I want him to go out there. I want him to test the waters. I want him to see if it's the best best and right move for him. But in the end of the day, I think he has so many good people in his corner that he'll end up making the right decision. So I'm not worried about that. Yes, so I think he, he would gain some advantage coming back for another year and be able to improve himself, get a little bit stronger, work on a little – he doesn't have many flaws in his game. Man. He's an unbelievable yeah. defender, unbelievable offensive threat. When I was watching this past week and his vision was just amazing, you know, I was super impressed by that. He was throwing these tight passes, making the right plays. So he's got he's got the IQ, he's got the skills, but now he just needs to figure out whether or not it's the right decision for him. So moving into it, yes, I would love for him to come back, but I still think, obviously with his parents' help, whether or not he wants to go test the waters, anything that's just valuable feedback and more confidence and it should drive him even more to do well. And then even the other aspect we haven't talked about is the NIL. You can still find ways to get yourself paid in different avenues. doesn't have to be that NBA salary contract right now, but you can still get some certain income coming in while being at Notre Dame, while developing yourself and furthering your education. And plus, the number one part that I would say is the most beneficial part about Notre Dame besides the love that you get from them is the networking. You spend one more year there, man. Everybody on that campus knows from you. Everybody. Remember those people's names, Blake. I don't know if you're listening to this, but meet those people, shake those hands, keep those business cards, stay in contact with those. Because that's gonna help further your progression as a person later in life as well. And he's a great kid, so I have no doubt in my mind he'll be doing that. But I just always like to throw in my two cents here and there.
3: mypatriotsupply.com